Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for June 18th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time. Friday, a quick recap of yesterday's show. Wow, we covered a lot of news on the broadcast Yesterday, I'm telling you what, hard-hitting headlines, to say the least. We had our guest on, Mr. Eldon Stahl. He's the field coordinator for the John Birch Society, jbs.org, thenewamerican.com. And we also had our guest on, Brian Rust, rustquenandgift.com, doing a phenomenal job. His family's been in the business for over 50 years, helping folks understand the realities of precious metal, the value, and how to make sure you take possession of your constitutional currency, and more. RussQuentingGift.com doing a phenomenal job, as always. We had our Honest Money Report, talked about gold, silver, talked about rhodium, and a whole lot more. We talked about Salt Lake City in a sweltering 107 degrees, shattering records. It tied the all-time record. Hottest temperature ever recorded, but it's uh, June I guess this June, they've been shattering scores of records since Sunday. A gnarly heat wave, incredible, um, what they call super drought, mega drought. Wow. Why? They would say because climate change, the fact that you drove your car to work today caused all the problems. I would say they lie and they don't know, and they're just making up babbly gluk and calling it science. The truth is, ladies and gentlemen, we're violating the laws of Almighty God, and he's not pleased with the people, and he's sending these heat waves and these cold snaps and this climate change reality. You know, God is the ultimate weatherman, as Kurt Crosby likes to articulate. And as a result, ladies and gentlemen, God's not happy with us, and he's trying to stir us up in remembrance of our God. Just calling it right now, okay? G7 Nations filed a joint statement calling for a timely investigation into the origins of the COVID-19 virus in China. The problem that I have with all that is, do you trust the G7? Do you trust international global global bureaucrats uh, and and appointed professional do-gooders that literally side with communism nine times out of ten to be the adjudicators of this? Not even hardly. Reject it, ladies and gentlemen, on its face. Fauci's lies. He got caught. Emails published proving him a flat-out dishonest liar. He ought to be in prison for his criminal activity, his dishonesty to the people, and his taking advantage of uh, his scientific position, pretending it's science, making it political. Uh, What a shame on that appointed bureaucrat. And shame on those who appointed him, and shame on those who let him stay in his current dishonest position. Who says that the Delta coronavirus, when I say who says, I'm not asking a question, I'm talking about the WHO. The World Health Organization says that the Delta COVID variant is spreading rapidly. It's now in 80 countries. So are they going to plan another pandemic? 
Are they going to go for round two because they got so much mileage out of destroying our God-given inalienable rights on round one that they're just going to roll out round two and say, by golly, that thing morphed into a different variant. You better shut everybody down again. I doubt it, but I'm just telling you the potential is always there. They've proven the people will trade their freedoms for security, and they'll lose both. They've tried that narrative, and they know what the people will do. They'll sell their souls south on this, quote, altar of safety, the big lie. The founders warned against it, ladies and gentlemen. We're too stupid enough as a population. We fall for it every time. Nearly 40% of small businesses closed since the first COVID case in the U.S. More than 100,000 small businesses gone, closed forever, as the nation's pandemic continues to escalate and wreak havoc with the economy and every one of our lives and our liberties. The COVID-19 crisis has wiped out nearly half of black small businesses. They say, believe it or not, that black small businesses, well, black-owned businesses are twice as likely to be shut down forever during the pandemic than white businesses. That was our one, hour two. JBS, that's the John Burt Society, vindicated over time. We were celebrating yesterday their 60th anniversary, an epic journey to say the least. They've been vindicated over and over and over telling the truth. The New American, ladies and gentlemen, incredible magazine, one of the great magazines that's still available today. Most magazines are melting down, but not the New American. The New American covers news on politics, economy, culture, and more based on the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, the U.S. Constitution, baby. So that freedom shall not perish. TheNewAmerican.com. We talked about Save Our Children, a special issue of The New American, out now. Actual education not taking place in the government schools. It's government schools versus Christianity. And it's really society versus Christianity now in the culture wars. Christians, stand up and do it now. Documents suggest that the January 6th storming of the Capitol was organized by the FBI to frame conservatives and Donald Trump. Ben Armstrong with that piece. Newly released government documents indicated that the FBI may have orchestrated January 6th insurrection. This is bombshell stuff, ladies and gentlemen. The FBI was conducting what seems to be illegal entrapment schemes to frame Donald Trump and conservatives everywhere. Yeah, they literally got caught with this one. I kid you not. It's shocking. I mean, it's hard to even understand how this is even possible, right? Amen to that reality check. I mean, it is, wow. We also talked about Operation Gunwalker, Operation Gunrunner, also known as Fast and Furious, right? It continues. An investigation by the Associated Press, that's the AP, supposedly one of the most credible news services in the country and the clearinghouse for all mainstream press news, right? They determined that at least 1,900 U.S. military firearms were lost and or were stolen during the 2010s, and they were used for crimes afterwards. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about pistols, shotguns, handguns, automatic rifles, They've all disappeared from the Air Force, the Marines, the Army, right? Wow.
and the Navy, all four of them. This was not an accident. This is not guns missing. This is Operation Gun Walker, Runner, uh, Operation Fast and Furious all rolled into. They lied 10 years late. The Associated Press jumps on the story. We told you about it at the start. Who gains credibility? That's right, the new American and people like us, Liberty Roundtable Live and a few others. We also talked about communism in our churches, an incredible interview and documentary with filmmaker Judd Saul on that one from The New American. Also, abolish abortion using state governments is in The New American. Great article talking about nullify now. The First Amendment, ladies and gentlemen, I wrapped up the broadcast by saying the First Amendment does not disappear because of the crisis of the day. Yeah, just serious, serious business, right? That's a recap of yesterday's broadcast. News the network refused to use starts now. I'm Sam Bushman. And Chris Carlson, discussion of all things liberty, is with me. Chris, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. Amen to that, sir. Now, yesterday we talked a little bit about this new American story, uh, which is, hey, you know what? The government literally created it January the 6th, led by government unconstitutional departments, namely the FBI and, and others, uh, military probably involved with black op money uh, as well. Anyway, and um, the New American wrote an incredible article about it. We talked about it a little bit with Eldon Stahl yesterday, but Chris and I wanted to drill into this topic a little bit more, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Chris Carlson, interestingly enough, is the one on the radio with us. But there's another guy you probably have heard of. His name is Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson, so the Carlsons are um, you know, telling the tale of liberty right now, folks. Anyway, so Tucker Carlson uh, went on his broadcast and claims that the FBI had a hand in planning January 6th Capitol riot. Now, he's been mocked as a conspiracy theorist by the mainstream, but the evidence rolls forth. The reason that I dug up the Chris Carlson story, I'm sorry, yeah. The reason I dug up the Tucker Carlson story <laughs> is because I wanted two sources. So now the two sources are the New American and Tucker Carlson. Now, Tucker Carlson stated on Tuesday that the Capitol rioters who were listed in court filings as, quote, unindicted co-conspirators were actually federal agents who orchestrated the January 6th attack. Um, this is serious, serious allegations, ladies and gentlemen. And it all comes from documents that were released. This isn't just hyperbole by Tucker or by the New American. These are documents released tying these people together. This is hardcore treason. They say that, oh, it was an insurrection. This is an insurrection planned by your government departments, namely the FBI, in bed with provocateurs to literally impeach and remove a sitting president as interference with the elections. Chris Carlson in seconds. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? 
Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. All right, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Carlson riding shotgun today. So, Chris, what do you say about Tucker's comments and the New American article? You know, Sam... I was shocked when Tucker Carlson came out with that report because I know Tucker Carlson is pretty hard-hitting like all the Carlsons. And by the way, I wish I could say that there was a, a relationship there, but uh, I guess a relationship in the sense that we're both freedom fighters. Um, but it was pretty hard-hitting and it was pretty revealing. And I'm just wondering, Sam, why all of this information is coming out now? Why not before? And I quote Joel Skousen um, here in the World Affairs Brief, you know, Joel Skousen said this two days after the riots. And I'm going to go ahead and read that word for word. And this is in his World Affairs Brief from January 8th of this year. Every mainstream media outlet in the world is trumpeting the charge that Trump supporters assaulted the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday, just as senators and House members were debating the status of the disputed Arizona State Electoral College votes. The actual violent confrontation with Capitol Police was done by a much smaller group of agent provocateurs who fought with Capitol Police to gain entrance to the House and Senate chambers. So, to give Joel Skousen credit where credit is due, he knew, of course, he didn't have the details that we have today about the 20 unindicted co-conspirators, um, like uh, Tucker Carlson has pointed out and like Darren Beatty, uh, from the Revolver News has pointed out, but he knew, I mean, it just had all of the telltale signs of an inside operation. And we know these operations have been going on. I think 9-11 would probably qualify as one of those insider jobs. Um, and we can go down the list. But yeah, this is revealing. Right, before and we get to that, that, let's, let's, let's document this Chris Carlson, <clears throat> or I'm sorry, Joel Skousen uh, information. Which one is it from the June 4th or the 11th issue? 
That was from the January 8th issue. Two days after oh, January the actual 8th. riot. So right after. Okay, I'm with you. And what was the title of the article? The title of the article is Capital Violence Agent Provocateurs Led the Charge. So he knew and he led with that uh, in the World Affairs Brief. So, you know, okay, excellent. Yeah. I just really want people to know about that because you can sign up for Joel Skousen's World Affairs Brief, worldaffairsbrief.com, and you can get past issues. And this is really worth digging into because uh, he really nails it, right? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, you, you need to be signed up. And of course, you know, he's, he's no piker. I mean, he's on um, Infowars. He's on a lot of different uh, conservative talk radio shows. So this guy is... Uh, Including is, Liberty uh, Roundtable uh, Live quite often. We try to get him monthly, but he's so busy it's hard to sometimes. But he willingly comes on the broadcast, does a phenomenal job. Does a tremendous amount of research, and he scratches way be- below the surface, unlike some talk show host but yeah i would commend him to you uh, if you want to get down to the actual root problem of um, of the situation so yes so do you want to look into some connections between the alleged gretchen whitmer kidnapping plot and the plot to um, to storm the capitol on january 6th i do i also some... want to explore that in the election reality and that in the coronavirus reality because what you really see is a two or three pronged approach for americans under this idea of safety or security you know what? you've got to be secure you got to lock down the capitol you got to stop the domestic terrorists on one hand climate change on the other hand my gosh you're gonna everybody's gonna just melt down in the heat wave and the freezing and the climate change and then oh my gosh the virus you gotta and and so they use all these things it's a multi-pronged approach and now you literally tie it to some of these other things they're all tied together and, and at first you say that can't be but once you understand their agenda the puzzle pieces fit in place chris yeah i think they're trying to overwhelm us with so much information that we can't keep track of it first of all sam and we get overwhelmed to the point where we just we default to whatever they say. You know, we'll follow their advice so that we can save ourselves from climate change or, or from these radical right wing Trump supporting extremists. I mean, it's just all fear porn. You know, from top to bottom, wall to wall. And I, what do you think the the agenda is in, in just bombarding us with so much information, Sam? That you're right. Like, as you pointed out, it's hard to keep up. Do you think it's just to overwhelm us and to, you know, to hopefully maybe keep us in submission as a result of this overwhelming uh, flood of information coming our way? I, I think part of it is this idea that they want to overwhelm us. I think part of it is what they want to do is create dev- divisive issues to where people pick sides. And let me kind of give you a little story to kind of illustrate this. You know... <clears throat> When it comes to churches, I talked to a pastor yesterday who will be on the broadcast with me tomorrow. He was the first guy to ever file a lawsuit because his church was shut down by government. And he won, and it was a landmark case for all the other cases. He's in Illinois. His name is Steve Castle. Anyway, he f- filed a lawsuit and won and opened up churches in Illinois. And he'll come on tomorrow and tell his story, okay? But anyway, the reason that I'm telling you this is he told me that half of his church left when he filed that lawsuit because half wanted to wear masks, wanted to shut down, wanted vaccines, wanted. And uh, so this just shows what they're trying to do is 
use wedge issues. You either believe the Capitol riots were a scam, a false flag like we do, and that it's tied to something of, of take away our liberties on the altar of security and safety and we'll wind up with neither, as the founding fathers said, or you believe, my golly, we got to stop the, ter- the bad guys for crying out loud. I mean, look, okay, and then climate change. And then the vaccinations. And then and, and you use all these terms. You tie it all together and you go, hey, man, every issue literally has found a fault line to divide America almost exactly in half. Or, yep. you know, 40%, 60%, some massive, unreconcilable breach. And that's what they're going for. So, yes, it's to overwhelm us, but it's more, I believe, to divide us. Both are true for sure, but I think the divide issue is really the top one because that's what communism does. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Their goal is to destroy America. Chris? And it's a lot easier to defeat your enemies when they're divided because you don't have to defeat them. They defeat themselves. The, uh, and this has happened over and over again. As a, as a student of history, I've, I've uh, studied this over and over again throughout history. So, yes, they're doing a pretty good job of dividing us fairly well, closely right down the middle. And it's working, you know, whatever they're doing is working. So anyway, do you want to go into the connection between the January 6th riots and the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot, Sam? Because I yes. think that's important. At least the same. Yes, so let me set up the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping really quick. Uh, there's a sheriff that I, I know there who stood with them by the name of Darleaf. And Sheriff Darleaf defended them. And what the uh, situation is, the government says that they were trying to kidnap Governor Gretchen um, Whitmer. Gretchen Whitmer. But the truth is, they say that on the books in Michigan, uh, where she is, they have a law that says that if somebody commits a crime, including a government official, you can use a citizen's arrest to arrest them, uh, and then they can be tried for their crimes. The uh, people in this case that they claim were kidnapping, their story is, no, we were trying to use the citizen's arrest to arrest her. Well, anyway, this Dar Leap is the one that stood up in the news and defended this reality. But he got slaughtered by the mainstream press. But he remained true because he's a constitutional sheriff. I bring that up because I know Darleaf well. And uh, I got his side of that story. So that's the starting of the discussion. But the mainstream press in bed with government used it to their advantage. And here's how, Chris. Um, Yeah, so the plot, I think we should probably uh, just do a quick overview of the plot. According to federal affidavit and court testimony, Sam, the plot involved surveilling Whitmer's vacation home in western Michigan and surrounding areas, procuring explosives and tactical gear to fight off police, taking part in armed training exercises, and even possibly blowing up a nearby bridge. You know, all of these are federal crimes, of course, that they can nail these people on. The alleged plotters discussed using a fake pizza delivery to kidnap Whitmer, leaving Whitmer on a boat in the middle of Lake Michigan. I mean, this comes straight from a Hollywood uh, uh, bad comedy. And even kidnapping Virginia Governor Ralph Northam. I guess that's kind of one of the side um, agendas that they maybe had. But, you know, it's just all of these things. You say, wow, why would these people, you know, want to hatch this um, this really complex plot. Well, they didn't. The, 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 the two main um, suspects were Adam Fox and let me get the other guy's name, uh, Barry Croft. But the five out of the 14 plotters, Sam, admittedly, according to DOJ's indictment and affidavits, five of the 14, which uh, turns out to be about 26 percent, 
of the plotters were actually employees of the FBI. And that is the smoking gun right there. So that's one of the connections between the Gretchen Whitmer plot to kidnap her and the Capitol riots on January 6th. You want to know the other connection? Okay. Uh, we'll get to that after the break. And tight. We're going to get to it, ladies and gentlemen. Agent provocateurs at the center of this discussion in bed with, well, the same people that were involved in, well, multiple actions that they claim are insurrections. Are they really or are they government-planned psyops, black ops, false flags to deceive the people? Chris Carlson in seconds. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. As the feds push the inflation panic button Thursday, readjusting their inflation predictions for March, Joe Biden's Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen failed to explain her position on the deductions for state and local taxes enacted by President Trump. In her testimony before the House Ways and Means Committee, Yellen said Biden does not have a clear position on repealing those tax deductions. The House voted 268 to 161 on Thursday to repeal the 2002 authorization for use of military force in Iraq. If passed by the Senate, the repeal of the AUMF would tie the hands and prevent future presidents from carrying out attacks in Iraq without approval from Congress. The Supreme Court unanimously ruled Thursday foster care agencies have a First Amendment right to turn away same-sex couples, and local governments cannot refuse to work with those agencies. This is USA Radio News. UFOs are back in the news, and even the military can't explain these strange UFOs intercepting our ships and planes. Are they a sign of something real, dangerous, or even biblical? Now, Rob Schmidt takes a look at the biggest mystery of our time. Rob's special series, UFOs, Are They Really Here?, airs all this week on Newsmax. Tune in to Rob Schmidt tonight on Newsmax, now on all major cable systems. It's already the fourth largest cable news channel. If your cable company doesn't carry Newsmax, call them. Tell them you want Newsmax or you can switch. Or get Newsmax for free on your smart TVs, Roku, Zumo, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, or more. And don't forget to download the free Newsmax app on your smartphone and start watching now. So find out the latest on UFOs with Rob Schmidt and check out Newsmax tonight. It's real news for real people. Iranians voted in a presidential election on Friday with the conservative head of the judiciary, Abraham Raisi, widely seen as the frontrunner. Nearly 60 million eligible voters in Iran will decide the fate of four candidates. The U.S. government is spending $3 billion to put COVID-19 vaccines into pill form. Wendy King from the Pacific Northwest USA Radio News Bureau reports. The Biden administration is going to spend more than $3 billion to advance development of antiviral pills for the coronavirus. Dr. Anthony Fauci says it will go to the antiviral program for pandemics. And it aims to catalyze the development of new medicines to combat COVID-19 and importantly to prepare for other pandemic threats. Fauci says... Vaccines remain the centerpiece of their arsenal. From the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau, I'm Wendy King. TGIF, my friend. This is USA Radio News. 
Back in the live, we're talking about the Governor Whitmer kidnapping case, the Ralph Northam kidnapping case, the people involved there. According to the FBI's affidavit, ladies and gentlemen, in court, the Bureau made heavy use of informants and undercover agents in the case, ladies and gentlemen. They're blatantly admitting that in court. That's how we know that, just so you know. Chris, go ahead and continue, sir. Okay, so there's an interesting connection between the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot and the January 6th Capitol riot. So the director of the Detroit FBI field office, Sam, who oversaw the infiltration operation of the Michigan plot, was subsequently granted a highly coincidental promotion to the D.C. office where he is now the lead FBI agent for all January 6th Capitol riot cases. Is that just a coincidence, or is there something fishy going on there, Sam? Well, there's something fishy going on, because every time you find one of these, quote, insurrections, what you find is government informants tied to the FBI involved somewhere. Same thing with these shootings that are taking place all across the country. You got some unstable guy on some kind of psychotropic drugs, has problems with women or problems with government, and then, hey, the FBI is involved somehow, and then they go berserk with a gun. Or in this case, they go berserk with a kidnapping. Or in the next case, they go berserk at the Capitol. And every time you find government at the heart of it all as provocateurs, same thing with the Ammon Bundy case, Chris Carlson. Even Ammon Bundy had all kinds of government informants in there. In fact, we started to discover who those informants were, and then the government just magically dismissed the case. I believe it was to bury the information and not let it come out of who was involved where and how and what the government's real role was uh, in this thing. We were starting to get discovery in the Ammon Bundy case. They were really making progress. There were whistleblowers and everything else. And the government was so afraid, they just said, well, let Ammon go and we'll have this buried. And that's exactly what happened. You see it over and over and over. You see it with Fauci lying about the coronavirus, masks, vaccines. I mean, there is a psyop to destroy and divide America like you would not believe unfolding. And the problem is all we can do is try to connect the dots at this point, Chris. Yeah, and you're doing a great job of it. I'm doing the best that I can. Um, and we just need to get the information out to the American public because you're not going to, well, I can't say anymore. You, you're not going to hear it on Fox News because uh, Tucker Carlson reported it a couple nights ago, and I'm very happy that he did. Hopefully this is waking people up, Sam. Um, do, do you want to know why storming a capital or, or uh, kidnapping a high-profile governor of a state is a bad idea uh, as far as principle is concerned? Because I, I would like to get into that a little bit, if you don't mind. Absolutely, Sam. sure. I think it's a bad idea for a bunch of reasons. But uh, well, the first reason is understand this. Liberty is primarily a defensive role, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to violence when it comes to hardcore action. Okay, let me give you an example to make the point. The Founding Fathers said you had to have a right to peacefully assemble. That's one of the five guarantees in the First Amendment. They never said you had a right to riot. They never said you had a right to protest or to destroy property or to commit violence. They never said that. Peacefully assemble is the words they used. How come we never talk about that? We talk about, oh, you have the right to protest. No, you don't. You have the right to peacefully assemble, and you can say, well, Sam, it's the same thing. No, it's not. One talks about peacefully doing something and assembling. You have the right to peacefully gather. You don't have the right to block bridges and, and, and create carnage in the streets. And Okay, the, the connotations are completely different. On that, make your point, Chris. Yeah, and, and it's right in the Constitution, peaceably assembly. Um, 
the, the problem is, Sam, is that it creates a stereotype that they want to put all conservatives in. And you and I, Sam, would, I would consider myself a conservative, even though it's becoming harder and harder, because of the association with these characters that the FBI are trying to profile and create this image that all people who support Trump, all people who vote Republican, all people that support the Constitution are these crazy, whacked-out loonies who are going to uh, break and destroy and just do damage wherever they go. So this illustrates how important it is to take a strictly, as you said, Sam, defensive, not offensive position in the battle for freedom. Uh, Joel Skousen has a lot to say about that. Um, these deep state false flag operations are designed to make conservatives look like dangerous instigators of terrorist acts. And this dovetails in what you've always said. We are interested in restoration of constitutional principles and not revolution. Okay, and I'm going to give you a quote from Sam Adams. He said, no people will tamely surrender their liberties, nor can any be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. On the contrary, when people are universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink under their own weight without the aid of foreign, foreign invaders. So our primary objective at this point, Sam, you know, amidst all this corruption in government, is to inform the American people of what's going on. Storming the Capitol or plotting to, uh, to kidnap a high-profile political figure, that will not advance our cause. That will just discredit our cause and give us uh, an image and a stereotype that will set us back, not advance our cause. So I just wanted to say that, Sam. Yes, and, and I'm going to give you proof for your point. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, celebrating the 60th year of the New American Magazine uh, and the John Birch Society. You know, back in the 1960s, the John Birch Society was the quintessential organizational group that c blowed, called a halt to the con game, played whistleblower, and um, called a halt to the communist agenda that was proliferating in America, very dangerous. And the John Birch Society stood up and was educating against it so successfully that the government created a false flag psyop operation to take out um, the John Birch Society at the time. They weathered it. They still exist 60 years later. Good for them. But they had credibility, and they lost most of their credibility, at least in the minds of Americans, not in factual or truth. In fact or truth, the, the New American and the JBS were spot on the whole time. But they were destroyed in the minds of the American people because of the propaganda of the media in bed with government. All right? And, and so... Communists in government, communists in the media literally obliterated the John Birch Society. Uh, and they almost, they almost you know, caved and failed completely over it. I bring this all up because we're seeing it repeated now on a wider scale with all constitutionalists, all uh, uh, people who believe in America first, whether it be Trump. Um, you know, what they're doing is mixing us all together in one big old grab bag of destruction. You guys are nuts. You guys are domestic terrorists. Uh, look at all the... Uh, involvement you've been in from trying to kidnap a couple of governors uh to the capital riots to and it goes on and on and on and on the ammon bundy scenario i mean every one of them ties into this whole narrative of you conservatives you constitutional whatever and most of us don't even agree what i mean by that is i don't even know people that would kidnap anybody okay but they tie this then to the white supremacists Everybody's a white supremacist racist. Everybody's a kidnapper. Everybody's a insurrectionist. Everybody. So Trump on down to all you. And they mix us all into this big bag, shake it up. And then they claim that, you know, what, we're the bad guys. 
And anything we say or do leads to this, you know what? It's going to go wrong. They're going to go violent. They're going to get crazy. They're going to shoot people. They're going to. And now that fear factor is ratcheted up so hard that now they can just say, in the name of safety, you got to take your shot and you got to get rid of the white supremacists. And that's their narrative to divide America, because now most Americans are going to fall on one side or the other, and it's going to be about an even split. No joke, Chris Carlson. That's where we are. Divide and conquer. You know what the media has done a very effective job at? You know, when, that, when the Capitol riots occurred, I, even I, Sam, even though I'm not a Trump supporter, even I felt as if I was a part of that because, you know, I, I support conservative principles. I, can, I support the platform of the Republican Party. So when the rioters were shown on TV climbing the wall and bashing out windows and, and being all violent and crazy, I felt as if people that, that look at me as a conservative now associate me somehow and you and every other conservative with what happened, what the FBI was able to concoct and orchestrate on that day. Even though I know I had nothing to do with it, and I, you and I would never do anything of, of the sort. They, the media has effectively put us in these two groups, conservatives and liberal. And, and it does divide, and it, it does serve to conquer us, you know, if we should succumb. So I propose that we, we disassociate ourselves with any type of organization um, that would create this perception that you're either part of this group or if you're not part of that group, then you have to be a part of this other group. And it creates a psychological situation where people just, you know, they will be misassociated with uh, activities that have nothing to do with their character, Sam. And let me explain the problem here. That's why I always talk about peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. That's why I articulated the First Amendment that our founding fathers said we had the right to peacefully assemble. They didn't say anything about protesting. They didn't say that at all. And I know people would say, well, Sam, it's similar. You know, you peacefully assemble, you protest. I don't know. Protest ratchets it a little further. Riots are a little further. Blocking bridges, you know, these kind of things. You're like, I'm blocking a bridge peacefully. You know what? No, you're not. You're starting to change the narrative slowly but surely. Manipulate the intent. And then they redefine the word militia to where, by golly, if you're part of a militia, you're some kind of a renegade military group. Well, tie that into Oath Keepers. When we come back, I'll give you the Oath Keepers tie to this whole thing in seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, the Oath Keepers are innocent, good people. But there's provocateurs in their midst. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large... 
that they have to spend a little bit less. Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson discussing all things liberty, discussing the January 6th riots, insurrection, whatever you want to call it, primarily driven by the FBI. They literally put provocateurs in the mix and they made it run off the rails. The FBI is criminal to the core. Now, they, look, there's good people in the FBI. Don't misunderstand me. But they at the top have very, again, just like they've um, created an insurrection and put uh, their agents, agent provocateurs, into the Capitol riots or whatever you want to call that. It was intended to be a peaceful. Let's assemble. Let's let our congressmen and senators know how we feel that we want them to look into the election. It went off the rails. Well, the same kind of infiltration has occurred at the FBI. But the same kind of infiltration has happened at the Bundy scenario. In the court cases we documented, there were several informants that literally ratcheted up. One of the informants, for example, ran a shooting range for people to practice shooting uh, in the Ammon Bundy group. Now, there's nothing wrong with practicing shooting, right? But imagine a government informant running the, the, the helping people train to shoot. Now you got government, okay? You got Operation Fast and Furious that I mentioned. Now, 10 years later, even the Associated Press admits today there's a big problem. 1,900 plus weapons went in the hands flat out of criminals. And it all happened on government, well, they say by accident, but the truth is it was intentional so that they could blame it on gun shows and blame it on gun dealers and try to change the narrative on guns. While they want to arm the cartels to the teeth, they want to disarm you and me. See the 50% divide? Half of the American people who are afraid of guns will go along with that lie. The other half will say, no, we've got to have our guns. Then they'll use the term militia and say, by golly, you guys are planning an insurrection. Well, I bring this up because the Oath Keepers have been infiltrated as well. 99% of the Oath Keepers, wonderful, great people. I know Stuart Rhodes personally, uh, and I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'll defend him. Okay? And, but what they're trying to do is j destroy the Oath Keepers. So what they did is they planted a few government provocateurs within the Oath Keepers group. Same thing with the three percenters of Idaho, who used the term because 3% of the American people at first fought for the American Revolution. Right? So they have infiltrated the three percenters. They've infiltrated the, infiltrated the Oath Keepers. Uh, this, they've infiltrated the folks that supposedly were trying to create a citizen's arrest on Governor Whitmer and Governor Northam, two governors that were literally abusing their power, two of the governors abusing their power more so than any other governors in the country. Something's rotten in Michigan. The forgotten case of the Whitmer kidnapping plot. According to the FBI's affidavit, they even had provocateurs 
Well, they said we have heavy use of informants and undercover agents on the case there. See, and every time we see that at the center. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to blow this dishonest FBI narrative up in all these cases. Then you go back to 9-11. You go back to the Oklahoma City bombing. And every time you find government provocateurs, FBI spun up agents, undercover agents. Um, and the story always is they find somebody mm, that supposedly um, has trouble with women and has trouble with money. And, and then somehow they... Right, so the Lou Rockwell article that talks about this Michigan plot, this guy lived, uh, I guess, in this little teeny kind of storage room and whatever, he was broke, and that's where the plot was hatched. And But every time it's government finding one of these people and turning them into the agent of influence on the inside then to orchestrate and carry out these false flag operations. We see it over and over and over, and the pattern is clear. Every time you find broke guys that have trouble with women, that are white. Of course, it's white supremacy. And then those people somehow have a tie to the FBI and a tie to some psychological or psychiatrist or something. And then, hey, tie to psychotropic drugs or something else. Uh, trouble with money. You see the pattern over and over, Chris. And they try to pin that image on you and me, Sam. And we would do nothing of the sort. I mean, we would sniff this out. So the thing is, is, you know, there were dozens. I don't know how many Trump um, rallies there were you know, before the January 6th riot of the Capitol. And they were all super peaceful. They were all super clean. They were the cleanest um, assemblies that you could imagine. People would pick up the garbage after them. So they had to uh, they had to transition in the minds of the people that image of Trump supporters. And that's why they had to do it. And that's why they have to hire people because they know Trump supporters by nature are peaceful. So that's what they tried to do. And you did a pretty good. There's one other connection that I think is important between the Gretchen Whitmer alleged kidnapping plot and the January 6th riots. I don't know, you kind of uh, touched on it. So according to the DOJ's own indictment, the plot started as a plan. And th this is the Michigan plot, by the way. I'm not talking about the January 6th Capitol riot plot. According to a DOJ's own indictment, the plan to, um, to kidnap Whitmer actually started with a plan to storm the Capitol building in Lansing, Michigan. I don't know if you caught that one, Sam. But uh, give it to me. They... Give, it, give it to me again. Okay. The Michigan plot did not start yep. out as a kidnapping, according to the DOJ's own indictment. The plot started as a plan to storm the Capitol in Lansing, Michigan. That's the Capitol. Right. So, so let me stop you there. The plan in the beginning was to create a citizen's arrest on governors and government officials who were breaking the law. And the reason I know this, again, is because I told you this. This sheriff is a constitutional sheriff. His name is Darleaf. Uh, he's defending uh, basically their actions, saying that, you know what, this start. So then after that, they tried to say, okay, well, let's, let's uh, you know, storm the Capitol. And then after that, it was let's, um, you know, go back to the original plan, but it got ratcheted up and changed. So the intent changed with the agent provocateurs is the point. Yeah, they were leading and guiding the whole operation. It says at least 200 men uh, were, were supposed to uh, storm the Capitol in Lansing, Michigan. This is the Lansing, Michigan plot. Yeah, they were going to amp them up from an upcoming unrated, unrelated rally planned at Michigan's Capitol building. And that rally was supposed to be a Second Amendment. So they were supposed to um, discredit our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms as well. So they, they don't miss a trick here, Sam. They want to associate violence and destruction of property 
with everything that we know and that we have, that we know is in the Constitution and have held sacred for these last 230 years. So it's an association fallacy trick. They, they create violence and destruction and damage and associated with everything that we know God has ordained as being sacred and important um, to our constitutional foundation of this great noble republic. And uh, we, we There's even, to... believe it or not, on the Internet, a false flag formula, 15 ways to um, understand a false flag and to um, discern. Because we need to be very discerning and understand that we've got to jettison this false flag narrative. Okay? The phenomenon has become so commonplace that it's becoming, sadly, more American than apple pie for the government to commit a false flag operation, they say. Right? The good news is we don't have to be afraid of them. And there's tricks and terms and ways that we can learn to reject their false flag staged terror events. Okay? Some have real victims. Some do not. Some just divide and manipulate the people. But there's ways that you can detect it. Let me give you a, a couple of quick examples to make the point, Chris. Drill at the same or nearby time and place. So what they always do is create a training exercise. That's what they claimed in the 9-11 thing. Oh, my gosh, we were doing exercises at the same time, right? A government plans a nearby drill or a drill at the same time. And that way they say, well, in the middle of the drill, it went wrong. We don't really know, you know? What are the chances of a real mass shooting occurring in a building used for mass shooting drills, for instance, right? Or, okay, foreknowledge. There's people that have foreknowledge that it's going to go down. Eyewitnesses have conflicting accounts. Yeah, because you can't count on an eyewitness there. Mainstream media completely and quickly names and demonizes the patsy. We got the guy. We know who it is. We know what he was about. He was a white supremacist or whatever. Patsy has no military training, but it somehow strangely has incredible military skills. Right? Patsy gets killed, drugged, or suicided, right? Right, yeah. They, they don't Shooter leaves a manifesto de de detailing exactly what they're all about and what the whole detail is. So you have this, quote, history and this pre four planning and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? Evidence conveniently and quickly destroyed so that the narrative can never be put together. The puzzle can't be put together completely. No obvious motive for the mass attack. Well, he just hated women, so he went in berserk, huh? The media calls for gun control or the locking down of conservatives. Fake victims equals crisis actors oftentimes. Victims get killed twice. Yeah. Yeah, like Osama bin Laden got killed, I think, three times, and the media had him dead. Um, yeah. And it's families, families have elite or actor or famous backgrounds of some kind. They're tied to government. They're tied to whatever and, you know, etc. Families of victims show little to no emotion and even snicker and laugh when not on camera. We catch them at it from time to time, proving the point. Families of victims receive millions in payoffs or other special favors to make sure they don't talk and that they actually help carry out the narrative of the government. We see this over and over and over, and I'm telling you that it's critical to understand these things. It's critical to be aware and to tie all these things together. Now, do we have everything accurate in our reporting, ladies and gentlemen? I'm going to be the first to tell you, no, we don't. 
Why? Because this is all dishonest, secret information, and we're trying to put the dots together. So we might have a piece of the puzzle out of place. I'm not telling you we're perfect, but I'm telling you that this is what we see over and over and over. And because of the dishonesty of the government, like dismissing the Ammon Bundy case so we don't get the real pay dirt, that's the proof, uh, uh, really, that it's very hard for us to get to the bottom of this. Okay, It's almost impossible because they're so good at covering it up, so good at classified information, so good at the Hegelian dialectic where the Republicans are like, we need to dig into this January 6th thing. Well, only if we can dig into everything else. And then the Democrats are like, no, we're not digging into everything else. We're only digging into this. And then, well, we're going to be against it. And now you don't even know which side you're on, right? The PSYOP of the info war, pardon the Alex Jones reference, not really intended, but the information war is really at the heart of all this. Chris? Exactly. You know, and I'm just going to read what I wrote in response to all of this this deception that's going on in our lives to design to create a, a false paradigm shift in the minds of the American people who love liberty. You know, we seek, Sam, to disseminate information far and wide. You know, but once once the fight for liberty goes hot, you know what that means, right? It's no longer a cold war because it's, it's a cold war now. You know, it's an information war. You know, it's a, a war for the hearts and minds of the American people. But once this goes hot, I am prepared to hunker down at home and to protect my family and my close neighbors, if necessary. I will not, and this is a quote from, um, from John Quincy Adams, I will not go abroad in search of monsters to destroy. And there's a, a much bigger quote associated with that, like storming capitals or kidnapping governors. This does not advance our cause. It sets it back. So it sounds like we're at the end of the show. Do you want me to get my, give my um, outro? So ladies and gentlemen, let's just be very clear. Look alive, baby. Pray hard. Get guidance from Almighty God. Because he will help you be discerning. Chris? Yes, sir. Without God, we can never win. Sam, with God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in that fight. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving Americans everywhere, continuing our duty, sir. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's a wrap. Chris Carlson, Sam Bushman. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Thank you. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use. No doubt continues. This is the broadcast for June eighteenth in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-one. This is our two of two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration using the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America, our blueprint for liberty. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday. And the good doctor, Dr. Scott Bradley, his whole life's goal 
in his collegiate series to match. Available at freedomsrisingsun.com. It's called To Preserve the Nation. freedomsrisingsun.com. Dr. Bradley, welcome back, sir. Thank you very much. It's always good to be with you guys at the end of what is, for many people, at the end of a work week. But uh, I know you uh, continue to work into the weekend trying to spread the cause of liberty. So uh, this isn't the end of your work day. <laughs> That's correct. The only time I work on Sunday, I never work on Sunday unless the ox is in the mire. So there are times uh, that I even do things on Sunday if I feel like I have to. But it's very, very rare. Um you know, like an auction in the mire is if my son gets stuck and his car's broke down and we have to go get him and help him tow his car back. That's work, but I would do it, right? Uh, that kind of thing. If the radio stations are off the air, then I'd go fix it. But yet we create programming so that the radio stations are on the air, but there's not live people working. And so we do our very best for that. And the reason I spend time on it is because I believe keeping the Sabbath day holy uh, and creating the Sabbath day as a delight um, as a sign between me and God that I hold God as my anchor and the Savior Jesus Christ as my Savior uh, and that I want to obey their commandments and receive blessings and eventually one day live with them. It's a sign to me uh, between me and God openly that that is my intent, that is the desire of my heart, that is my core belief. And, and I spend time on it because I think the nation has forgot this, in my opinion, saving reality if we keep the sabbath day holy we will receive rich blessings and if we don't we're in serious trouble dr bradley and i think that sunday discussion has direct relationship to the extreme drought we're experiencing now they want you to believe that oh golly it's just because you drove your car yesterday um, but the truth is it's a reality about god stirs his children up in remembrance of him when we lose our way it's his way to remind us and to help us to return. It's an act of love, not an act of abuse. Uh, but God is the ultimate weatherman, as Kurt Crosby likes to say. Uh, start there, Dr. Bradley. Well, of course, then we could uh, probably spend our whole time together on that uh, this time. Uh, you know that the uh, there is a moral basis to liberty. And you can go back into the book of Ezekiel and you can find, of course, you can go to Exodus and Deuteronomy. And I mean, there's a lot of things about the Sabbath. But in Ezekiel, we learn that the Sabbath was truly a sign between God and his people that they were his people. And in fact, if you read at the end of the book of First, excuse me, Second Chronicles, you'll find that that was the reason the Jews were taken captive for 70 years by Nebuchadnezzar. They had failed to honor, obey, and keep the Sabbath. And uh, the earth needed a Sabbath as much as, as the people were commanded. The people were the one that that were violating, not the earth. They they continued to, you know, farm it and work it and all that kind of stuff. And the fact is that uh, at the end of Second Chronicles, we find that, you know, that was the basis of it. And you read in Leviticus about uh, proclaiming liberty throughout the land. The Sabbath and and liberty are inextricably interwoven. And there's a, a talk that was given back in, I think it was July 4th, 1798, by Dr. Timothy Dwight. It's an expansive address, as they often were in those days. People had a, a comprehensive, uh, a capable of comp capable of comprehending, way beyond what we seem to have today. Uh, re people were read for comprehension, and they and they read for being able to understand. And, and this guy's address—I mean, you ought to get it out and read it. It's it's 
expansive and amazing. But at any rate, the uh, address attempted to bring to the forefront what it would take for America to survive. And central to that theme, and in fact preeminent in his theme perhaps, was the need for the nation to honor and keep the Sabbath day holy. And it's, it's recognized as a sign. The, the early Americans recognized themselves as kind of a modern Israel. And just as modern Israel had made a covenant with God that was to be basically expressed by keeping the Sabbath day holy, that modern America faced that same challenge, that same responsibility. And, and today it's become a holiday, not a holy day largely. I do believe liberty and, and the Sabbath and the gospel of Jesus Christ are all inextricably interwoven because how can we worship our Savior and perform all the labors that are uh, necessary in his gospel kingdom if we don't have all of the things that the Sabbath and the uh, proper government all intertwine to give us? So I I think that you're probably right, and and it's astounding to me, and this may sound a little bit off no i've never said anything not politically correct before i guess so maybe this will be a first but uh we look in our home state of utah we have a we have a drought going we have a scorching summer i mean here it is only the middle of june feels like the middle of august to me most of the time and uh and our governor uh gets up and says pray for for water oh by the way let's do gay pride month this this month in june and it's like, so what is often recognized as the principal sin of Sodom and Gomorrah, which I guess I have to say, I, I don't believe that was the sum and substance of it, because I believe there was a lot of other egregious things going on that uh, were more than sexual at Sodom and Gomorrah. But God kind of cleansed the land of, of that when, when it became kind of over the top to the point that they had ripened in iniquity. But here's the governor saying, oh, pray for rain. Oh, by the way, let's, you know, celebrate this lifestyle. And and I guess not all who uh, feel like they're gay or whatever engage in uh, some of the proclivities that, that are engaged in by people that have that uh, tendency. But but it, it's inconsistent. It, it's, it's like, as you said in your opening, uh, we don't make the connection we kind of just kind of muddle through everything and there doesn't seem to be a recognition that when God's law is violated and as our friend Kurt Crosby says he's the ultimate weatherman when God's law is violated are there ever consequences or do we have well George Mason in the uh, Constitution Convention of but, but I want to stop you there for a second when you say there what was the word you used there's not a, a um, there's consequences what was the word you used there's, okay, there's not a... Um, there's no connection, there's pointing, no connectivity. There's no pointing to or whatever else. There's not even an acknowledgement. There's not even an admitting of the possibility, right? Isn't that interesting? Governor claims, he claims to be a religious fellow. And, and, and this, to me, is, is a pretty strong indication that there seems to be a chip missing somewhere. I'll, I'll use the computer vernacular. There seems to be a chip missing. It's not a potato chip or a chocolate chip this is some kind of of cognitive ability to be able to make a connection 
between God's law and our happiness. And, and by the way, that was the whole basis of the bringing about of individual, you know, the understanding, the, the, the uh, writing about and expanding and, and seeking to bring about the happiness of God's children. And, and it was all tied back to a plan that God had. Because see, the founding fathers saw in the universe order. And they saw uh, that, that the hand of the creator was there and within that order, they thought, you know what? It may be, just maybe, God has a uh, a way of of examining and, and bringing forth something that will bring order and happiness to His children uh, on earth. And so they started looking for that, and they looked in the Holy Scriptures, and and they found, oh by golly, there is some guidelines here, and uh, and they found society had basically the basis upon which that they could build not just order but peace and happiness and that was that was where we came forward to these individual god-given rights that that could that were inalienable that couldn't be taken by anybody especially government and government's purpose was to preserve them and and that's what the the genesis if you will of of what was brought forth in this nation and yet today uh, we have the governor of the state of utah saying contradictory statements and of course, I would suspect that virtually everybody in the lame brain media, I mean, I think most people call them the mainstream media, but, but uh, my opinion of them is that they, they really don't seem to be anything but talking heads that are given an agenda and a storyline and they run with it. But, but virtually nobody today would make a connection between obedience to God's law and the peace, happiness, and prosperity of the people of the land. And I really believe that as we ripen in iniquity, that kind of endorsement of God is is kind of pulled back and reduced. And 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 I I kind of I while I understand and I believe that that uh, individual salvation is an important thing and we'll all come that through our Savior, it, it will be very individual. But George Mason said in the Constitution Convention of 1787 that because nations do not exist in the eternities, they have to get their reward or punishment in this life. It's it's just, you know, a cause and effect kind of thing. And and it has to happen in the environment they're in. And and uh, a nation, a people, a, a community, I believe, uh, can receive or reject God's blessings by how they live His commandments. Yes, so. but you can't change the consequences. You can have your agency to choose what you do, but the consequences are God's. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission. morallaw.org. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the Sabbath day, and I'm going to basically summarize the notes that I'm writing, these headlines on this topic. This is critical, ladies and gentlemen. We're with Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, his website, webinars and Q&As on the Constitution Weekly, over a 1,000 videos up there, his whole collegiate series, To Preserve the Nation, the good doctor's website, freedomsrisingsun.com. But here's my notes on the Sabbath day. And then we're going to let Dr. Bradley rock and roll of the historical relevance, relevance and reality of this, because this is nothing to mess with. When you run around and say we're in a super drought, or you run around and say we're in a, a severe drought and everybody's praying for rain, and I think that's wonderful. I think we should pray for rain. We should pray for relief. I get it. We should turn back to God. But this is God's way to bring us in remembrance of him. But I believe keeping the Sabbath day is vital. You can't just pick and choose what you want to do and keep. All right? So here's my headline. The Sabbath is a day of delight. Ezekiel 2012. I also gave them my Sabbaths as a sign. There is a penalty for breaking the Sabbath day commandment, ladies and gentlemen. Why do we as a people think that there are no consequences? All sin has consequences, ladies and gentlemen. With that, doctor. Well, you've, you've hit the nail on the head, literally and truthfully. Um, uh, modern American society is, is kind of an interesting, I don't know. It, it, we have many, 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 many really good people in this land. And I've told you before about, you know, how I've been boots on the ground uh, for five six almost six decades now not quite but uh all over the country and i find americans that uh are just good to the soul they're they're salt of the earth people and uh, and i find them in the darndest places i mean we could talk at length about how you'd say oh yeah this is the only place they'd be they're not just in churches but there are many in churches there are good good christian f folks in churches and and i I think that there's good people with good hearts that maybe don't know that they're being good sometimes just because they're of the natural goodness. But I'm a little concerned that the propensity we have towards uh, this strain is oftentimes set by leadership. You know, good leaders can have good outcomes. Uh, bad leaders almost always have bad outcomes. If you have a bad king, you're gonna you're gonna have a people that 
that uh, just revel in riotous living and and uh, violate everything that the example set by the leadership and that's I, I it's always an enigma to me when I come to these thoughts because it, it seems like we pick some of the least qualified individuals in society to to be leaders and then my wife calls them stinky men because <laughs> they really are not any more uh desirable than anybody else on earth but somehow some way they get put in these offices and sometimes in those offices the people tend to kind of gravitate to their uh, their gravitas I guess they could say but but also the fact that as they as they live in their their profligate lives we we find that it spreads I mean you look at Bill Clinton and and his licentious amours with uh uh, you know, interns and, and I mean, there's a, a book out. Uh, I had it at the, I had the manuscript when it first came out. I'm trying to think who wrote it. Uh, it was called uh, Unlimited Access. It was the FBI's view of what had happened during the Clinton uh, presidency and how debauched the White House had become. I mean, it, it was a frat house attitude there. And uh, there, you know, you can say that the Bushes messed a lot of things up, but they did have more of a button-down White House than than Bill Clinton had. But uh, sadly, we we are putting people at the head of our government, at the head of our, I mean, almost everything. We, it's an age of the anti-hero, and and I, I'm afraid that it's rubbing off a little bit on our common everyday people. Certainly, our youth uh, find. Examples in and I want to stick with this Sabbath day discussion a little bit more, Dr. Bradley, because I think it's so okay. critical to understand. You've got the leaders in America, whether they be government, whether they be celebrities, whether they be uh, media, role models, government officials. I mean, I don't know anybody of the, I don't know what you call it, class, because we don't have an elite class in America. At least we're not supposed to, right? But anybody who's popular. <laughs> None of them will acknowledge God in relation to this climate change discussion. So is the climate changing? Anybody in their right mind would say, yes, it is. Well, now you've got to ask, why is it changing? And they would say, because you drive a car, and because cows fart and you burp, and therefore that's the problem. Uh, that's a lie, ladies and gentlemen. We had climate change through the history of the earth. Okay. In fact, they're do documenting the drought in the West, and they're telling you that it's happened over and over and over, the 30-, 40-year droughts through the history. Well, they don't even know that factually, but they surmise or suppose based on their you know, tests that they do. Some of them may be accurate. Some of them are completely bogus. And nevertheless, though, they make these assertions that are half-truths based on science. Uh, but the reality is, look, God is in charge of the weather. Let's be very clear about this. And it's documented in Scripture over and over that God uses his weather, his earth, his tools to remind us to return to him. When we walk away from God, when we turn our back on the Almighty, he's not the leaving kind. And so what he does is things that at first seem harsh. You think, oh my gosh, you know, a drought, people are going to starve, or a famine, or a war, or a pestilence, or a plague, or a natural disaster. At first it sounds, you know, cra crazy, harsh. God would never do that. But he does. He says he does. He does it to bring us back into remembrance of him. It's his hope that we won't suffer greater consequence. 
So he gives us these consequences that hopefully we remember and turn to him. Well, the reason that I'm so focused on this, Dr. Bradley, is number one, I'm live six days a week. I'm, I'm willing to hit pretty hard and spend my time in the sacred cause of liberty um, to the best of my ability, which I'm sure is falling far short. But I bring this up because we take a break on the Sabbath. We rest. We call the day a delight. We want to do our best to keep that Sabbath day as a sign to Almighty God of who we are, what we stand for, what we believe in, in short, where our commitment is. And I bring this up because I don't see anybody in the mainstream, even religious leaders, really speaking much about this. Besides Sam Bushman, when was the last time you heard someone highlight the importance of the Sabbath day and highlight it and tie it to real world uh, natural and man-made disasters that are devastating for the people and not tie it to its real source origins with solutions? Okay, the solution is to turn to God, to make this a sign between America, the land of the free, that looked to God, not government. Okay, this sign, this beacon on a hill is critical. And our role, our leadership role in this is vital. And no one that I know of is speaking out about this. I mean, you, you might have heard a Sabbath-day discussion at church. I'm not saying nobody talks about it. But for the most part, when was the last time you heard it in the media or heard it in a popular discussion or overheard somebody talking about it at a restaurant? Or, and I can go on and on and on. It is not in society virtually anywhere. With rare exception, sir. Well, we have these discussions often in our household, as you might imagine, and, and we are absolutely, it's an enigma to us how there has been, you know, people think that, that we're such a cosmopolitan people, that we are so, you know, uh, uh, we're so advanced over those slugs that were around that, that uh, you know, back in the Old Testament or or maybe back in the Middle Ages or maybe back in the founding era of this time. We are so cosmopolitan that, that you know, we're above them all. But we have fallen to the status that, that many of them fell and and recognized the wrath of God, if you will. And, and God will gently bring us back if we'll be gently entreated, I believe. And and I, I know, as I said earlier, this George Mason statement, the nations cannot be rewarded or punished in the next world, they must be in this. By an inevitable chain of causes and effects, providence punishes national sins by national calamities. That's That was 1787, George Mason. And, and Thomas Jefferson is considered by so many today because of the revisionist historians that are out there that are seeking to denigrate the, the names and fame and and uh, principles of the founding fathers so they can be unseated but uh, you know he's considered to be uh, godless you know deist and all that kind of stuff but jefferson was a christian he studied christ's words every single day every single day that was his habit and he read them in the original languages all you know, the the uh, hebrew and the greek and i mean he went back and he he, he knew all those languages he wasn't a country bumpkin but here's what jefferson said um and can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are of the gift of God, that they are not to be, excuse me, they are not to be violated but with his wrath. And, and here we are, a drought, a hot spell, a, a failure of crops, whatever, war, pestilence, famine, whatever. Oh, no, it doesn't have anything to do with God. I mean, it just happened. It absolutely does. Don't accept the dismissive lie, ladies and gentlemen. We might pick our choices, but we will have consequences. Make no mistake about that reality check from Liberty Roundtable Live. 
proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. After passing both the Senate and House earlier this week, the Juneteenth National Independence Day Act was signed into law Thursday by President Biden, making it the 11th federal holiday. Juneteenth is the day we celebrate President Lincoln's signing of the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1st, 1863. Companies such as Allstate, Google, and Nike have announced they will recognize Juneteenth as a paid holiday for their employees. Three bodies have been found and two people remain missing after a group of tubers floating along the Dan River in North Carolina went over the dam on Wednesday. Rockingham County Sheriff's Office said in a tweet, there was a search and rescue operation in place from the Duke Energy Plant to the Virginia state line. Louisiana's governor declared a state of emergency Thursday ahead of heavy rains and other possible effects of an approaching tropical storm just weeks into the hurricane season. The National Weather Service said the New Orleans area could get eight inches of rain. USA Radio News. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than six and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. The community of Buckhead in Georgia wants out of Atlanta's jurisdiction. Tim Berg reports. In the Atlanta community of Buckhead, the debate over becoming an independent city has been brewing on and off for decades. Now amid a spike in crime, calls to split from Atlanta have grown louder than ever. Homicides are up by 63% compared to the same time last year and up 43% compared to the same period in 2019. The city has seen more than 300 shooting incidents since the start of the year, up 45% from what it recorded last year at the same time, and up 55% from 2019. Bill White is the chairman and CEO of the Buckhead City Committee. He tells Fox News, enough is enough. We are living in a war zone. That's how we describe living in Buckhead. And what has happened here in the last several years is an incredibly dangerous spike in crime and a complete vacuum of leadership. The police in Atlanta are great policemen and women. We love them. They just want to do their job, and they're not being allowed to do that. USA Radio News. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Dr. Bradley, riding, riding shotgun today on your radio. FreedomsRisingSun.com is website. We're talking about keeping the Sabbath day holy. Look, we want to make this very clear, ladies and gentlemen. You have your agency. You can choose as you will. God gives us that as a wonderful gift. It is the only thing you have that's really yours. Let me say that again. It's the only thing that you really have that's yours and yours only. God will not take that away from you. However, you can choose what you do, but you cannot choose the consequences of your choices. They are tied to eternal, God-given law. Dr. Bradley? 
Well, you know, as you point out, uh, as sovereign citizens, in terms of how God created us, we are his children. He has given us our agency. He has given us the freedom of choice to choose the path we will. And um, one of the greatest, I think, submissions and gifts, if you will, is to submit our will to his will. And and it's like, oh, well, yeah, you're going to make yourself a slave to God. Well, here's the deal. God is the author of liberty. And God has declared that if we follow a certain pathway, we will have the most magnificent potential and liberty that is possible to even... It's, it's far beyond what mortal mind can even possibly conceive of. And yet, so he's given us these... Uh, uh, these signposts, if you way along along the way to to bring us back to that point where we re- not only regain his presence but are blessed eternally and and a lot of people say oh no 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 they're they're just restrictions on me i, I you know i'm going to go sow my wild oats or whatever but th- but wickedness never was happiness it there's a there's a fleeting pleasure perhaps in things, but the the peaceful joy that comes through uh conformance to these uh, this pathway that God has established uh, I believe ultimately if we could if we could come to understand that and again there's a lot of people that are out there raucously crying follow me follow me over the cliff you know the lemmings are going over the cliff the sheep are being sheared the donkeys are braying in what do they call that treasure island or something like that or pleasure island what was that in Pinocchio anyway you get the idea they're they're sowing uh, seeds of discontent and unhappiness, and the peace and joy and happiness. Think about it, in a relationship between a man and a woman. They're loving, devoted. I mean, caring for each other. They're they're a sure thing for each other. And and you know, kids come along and they they add joy to you. And and there's challenges that come and everything. But to to have the confidence that you are conforming to the plan that God has established, I think brings greater peace and happiness ultimately and finally. And and in in your final days, if you will, if if you uh if you have you know that kind of attitude, uh here I'll find briefly if we if we continue along this vein, how Jefferson spoke of this, his desire was to to have that peace and happiness that a moral life brought. And um and the nation was established that way. I mean, it got you again. Let's talk about Ben Franklin for just a minute. Um, where, <laughs> you know, here's a guy that uh, there, he's proposed to be a dirty old man to in by the revisionist historians, and there is no historical context in which to put that. There's no let's letters. Be clear, there's no let's, ad- let's, admonitions. Revisionist already denotes dishonesty, but let's be clear: the dishonest <laughs> with evil intent revisionist historians, because they're not doing it by error or omissions or mistakes they're doing it to drive a wedge intentionally to distances from our heritage let's be very clear about this doctor by the way that is a marxist uh, approach to things to to divide and conquer if you will but but here's what this uh, ben franklin i mean he was the best known american in the founding era i mean he was the face of america if you will we think in america it was it was george washington no it, it was ben franklin he he had the international attention he said, let me add that only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. And I use that phrase oftentimes when I when I speak to people, 
Oh, there ought to be a law, they say. Well, we've got plenty of laws. We've got laws for everything nowadays. We've got every single stinking law you could think about, and and we still are unraveling. And and it's interesting that when Tocqueville was, was on the, you know, in America, examining it, as I always say, boots on the ground, he was astounded. In America, almost everything was legal. Uh, it just was. I mean, and he had come out of France where there had been debauchery for so many years. You know, you think about the French Revolution and then Napoleon's reign of terror and all that kind of stuff. And and what a, how the society just had, as, as Franklin called it, uh, uh, it had become corrupt and vicious and they had... Here's, here's the point. When people are taught correct religious principles, they govern themselves, doctor, and all you need are God's commandments because, hey, what can you do that causes societal... Uh, meltdown or, or societal disruption or victims or etc. If you keep the the commandments of God, and the answer is nothing. That's right. So the people were taught proper precepts and principles, and they governed themselves. And the only well, way to get back to that same reality is to turn to God and to start to keep His commandments and to repent and change. That's there is no other way. Tocqueville commented extensively about this, um, and he again, he mentioned it's legal to do anything in America, but the people don't. They don't have to have a law against and about everything. He, he said the, the people are kept in check by an internal compass, their own moral character, because they know they, they've been taught the will of God through the Holy Scriptures in their life. They, they, they have written in their, their hearts, if you will, these, um, these things of, of God, the commandments, these guideposts that I called them earlier. And honestly, Tocqueville was just amazed. He said these people understood intuitively, and, and they looked to the day someday when a just God would judge their actions, and they just didn't go down the path of debauchery. And and what's happened today is is we've gone through a an education system for so many generations now, this godless religion called humanism, that has no divine God but what worships the wisdom and and learning of man, which we all know is about as stable as Jello and nailed to a tree, and and so the 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 people have, have become you know it's a kind of a, a feels good do it the Timothy Leary thing tune in turn on drop out. You know, drug, sex, and rock and roll, whatever you want to call it, we've lost our way. And that's become kind of an undertow in, in society. And someday we're going to, I believe, face a comeuppance. And maybe the gentle remindings are before us right now. Just maybe. The, the news break in the middle, it talked about um, the the flooding in the Midwest. And we could talk about why in the West... Do we have a drought and flooding in the Midwest? And I think there's a man-caused problem in that that's related to a lot of this, where you have uh, these these tyrants in charge that are uh, do-gooders that think that their their way is the better way and they're going to trick God or somehow, uh, oh, he's got a better, uh, we've got a better way than God's way. And, and I think that they're all related, you know. So <clears throat> I think we, we just need to kind of retune our hearts, if you will. And, uh, and, and I think that, 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 I think that the, the peace, the harmony, the, the uh, prosperity, the, 
the blessings of liberty be restored to us again. I, I really do think that uh, <laughs> that that can happen, and it can happen quite quickly. God is patient. God is is forgiving. God is not going to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> you got more time out coming, or whatever." You know, it's just not. I don't know. And here's the Jefferson statement I was going to state uh, earlier, and I know we're coming up probably on another little quick break. He says, from the practice of this purest virtue, you may be assured you will derive the most sublime comforts in every moment of life and in the moment of death. So uh, he says this peace actually that comes to you will will dwell with you here upon the earth in your mortality as well as as you pass on into the eternities. I mean, there's uh, the the reports that I I have some strange study habits. I guess you look at how Stalin or, or Lenin died. It was an excruciating, hellacious kind of experience, in terms of them transitioning from mortality to immortality, and and I I have to suspect that some of that has to do with with their uh, unwillingness to abide in anything that was virtuous, lovely, of good report, or praiseworthy. And and they were they were tyrants to the core, they were they were wicked, they they indulged in anything and everything that they thought could somehow bring them, you know, greater power or influence, you know. We're better than that. I really do believe that as divine children of God, we, we can be much better than that. Ladies and gentlemen, Weighty Matters on your radio. I'm Sam Bushman. I'm with Dr. Scott Bradley. LibertyRoundTable.com, FreedomsRisingSun.com, our nationally syndicated radio network, LovingLiberty.net. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I really don't want to talk about this, but I will. I'm just so mad. I didn't get asked to the junior prom, and it's raining, which means by the time I get to school, I'm soaking wet. Dad picked me up just after I left, and I was so mad I got out, and he said, wait, your mom said to give you this. I forgot my lunch money, and then I dropped it in the water, and I was late for history, and so at lunchtime, I had to find something on John Stuart Mill, which, of course, our library didn't have, so I had to walk all the way down to the office to call my mom, and she found something on the internet and called me back. And Karen, she wouldn't even help me, and that's a whole nother story. But Dad helped me conjugate nouns or whatever on the way to the swim team workout, and then he read my history paper while I was in the pool, and of course, I forgot 
got the bibliography, so I had to do that with my mother when I got home. And it made me totally forget that I put my jeans in the washer that morning, and I hate it when they sit wet like that all day and smell like mildew. But my mom said she put them in the dryer while I was at the swim team, and you know, I'm just not gonna go to the prom, no matter who asks me. I just wanna stay home with my mom and dad. Family. And just hang out. Isn't it about time? Unless Dustin asks me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Dr. Bradley, this is serious, and uh, the reason that we focus so much on this, ladies and gentlemen, is most people want you to believe that you got to go national. you got to look at your politician. you got to focus on politics. you got to elect the right guy, the right Supreme Court justice. you got to uh, to solve the problems, ladies and gentlemen, that's a lie. And you as individuals can decide to repent and turn to God and keep the Sabbath day holy. You can make this change for yourself, your spouse, and you can do it together. You can do it as a family. And really the fundamental use of society is families. And you know what? That change needs to happen there. And if, we, if enough of us do it, it will, you know what? It'll expand to the society. But if you think that you can save this in Washington, or you can save this by electing your favorite bureaucrat or professional do-gooder, or you can save it by going to the Super Bowl, or you can save it by, okay, you're just absolutely misguided. You can save it by ignoring it and saying, God's not relevant in my life. Again, you can choose your agency, but you cannot choose the consequences of your actions. God will insist that he is not mocked. And I bring this up, doctor, because I really believe this is the, one of the great core solutions that who's talking about this but me? I mean, I know you are, and others are, and their families, and some churches are. But in the mainstream society and public, nobody's talking about it that I even hear of. Virtually nobody. Anyway, go ahead, doctor. Well, let, let's talk for just a second. I mean, somebody may say, well, wait, 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 Sabbath day. I mean, that means I just don't go to the ball game or, or I don't go to the beach or whatever. I'm, what, what's the big deal? Okay, now let me just, uh, this. I'll just mention something that, is kind of a core thing in my life. I study the scriptures, history, government, all that stuff holistically and contextually. That means I try to look at the big picture as well as the image or, or thought that's right before me. So, so it's kind of the taking everything and, and putting it in the whole context while uh, being able to uh, examine what's specifically in front of me. Okay, now you're gonna to have to think about that one. It, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a way that I think of being able to maintain a, a broader perspective on things. Okay, so why the Sabbath day? What's the big deal about this? Okay, the Sabbath day is a time to reframe our lives, to refocus, to regroup, and actually spend the time in pondering and prayer, if you will, about the holistic perspective of what everything is. See, you're in the context of obeying the Sabbath day and keeping it holy, which is, oh, okay, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Fine, all well and good. I mean, you know, people can look at it so narrowly that they don't understand that looking at it in, in its wholeness, when we honor and keep the Sabbath day holy, it is a time to introspect and reach out and try and regenerate the contact with God that may have been 
kind of grown frayed around the edges, if you will, in all of the hecticness that happens. You know, life happens all week long. And and if we will we'll take that holistic approach on the Sabbath day, when we're looking at the contextual view of honoring the Sabbath day, and take it on a holistic perspective. See, that way everything, everything can come on the table. See, you can say, oh yeah, 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 I understand. I can read the scriptures and all. I can pray and all that kind of stuff. But examine the creation that God has made around you. Think about the love that went into every single aspect of your life. The beauty of the, the, the skies, the mountains, the clouds, the, the trees, the grass, the flowers. To take a delicate, f- fragrant petal of a flower in your hands and examine the artistry, the love that went into that. You know, God created all of these things, and it's for our benefit. He created an earth that, that basically is a, a terrarium, if you will, that, that recreates and, and, and allows us to continue. I mean, for the thousands of years that we've been on this planet, that humanity has, I haven't been, but, but humanity has, it's continued to cycle on the seasons, the, the generation of clouds and, and rain and, and the growing seasons and the harvest and all those kind of things, the, the fruit of the ground. See, if you look at things holistically, and you, all things testify ultimately of God. That's an opinion that I've come to and I hold strongly. That if we will examine his goodness, his mercy, his glory, his grace, his love, I, I think we'll come to understand that that this Sabbath day thing can be a much more expansive thing than, you know, a kid say, oh yeah, I've got to sit around in my Sunday clothes all day long and 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 I've got to twiddle my thumbs, and you know, Sabbath can be horrible. And and the the Lord Himself during His mortality talked about it. The Sabbath was created for man. It wasn't created, you know, for for God. I mean, God is God, regardless of what we do with His Sabbath day or how we live His commandments. Yeah, for it God, was, every day is a Sabbath day, right? Yeah, but but it was rejuvenating time for us. You know, this, it was this a rejuvenating time. It was a time to really recalibrate your compass. It was a time to contemplate your life. And you know what people like to do is they say, well, let's create a list of the things you should not do on the Sabbath. You know, let's make sure you don't go to the ball game. And you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. And they turn it into a very negative holiday. One of the things that I've done is start to write a list of the things that I would like to do in my life that are that Sabbath worthy. And then I try to write them down and say, these are the things that I, when I wake up su- Sunday morning, what do I want to get to? What do I want to work, um, spend time on? Hey, I might want to take a little nap if I'm really tired. I might, uh, for sure, I'm going to go to church if I can. For sure, I'm going to read the scriptures. For sure, I'm going to serve someone. I'm going to find a way to reach out and minister to people. I'm going to, and pretty soon you get this big list of things you want to do on the Sabbath where I don't even care what I shouldn't do. I don't have time for that because there's so many things that I can do, that I want to do, that I need to do, that I that it becomes just a delight. I look forward to it and go, yeah, I get everything else dismissed from my life that seems to rule me six days a week almost, sad to say. Um, And I get a chance to just direct my attention to the things that I want to do on the Sabbath as my outward covenant, as my outward sign to God Almighty. I want to work on the things of family and family history. I want to spend time with loved ones and family. I want to bear one another's burdens I want to pray for others. I want to, and, and there's so many things that I want to do, doctor. I don't even have time to worry about what I shouldn't be doing. I just don't. Well, 
You're absolutely correct, but sometimes the, the smallest, most insignificant things, whether it's uh, examining that petal of, of flower, but embracing your spouse or a child, uh, expressing caring, recognizing the gift of sight or the gift of hearing or smelling or tasting. I mean, these five senses that that are taken for granted by so many that you say, wow, these are gifts. These are magnificent gifts. And and all too often today, it's a gimme, gimme, gimme kind of thing. And, and I, I, I fear that many times our prayers are that way. Oh, yeah, God, while you're at it, why don't you hand me this thing on the platter that uh, you're going to serve this all to me on and everything? Instead of recognizing, as you point out, how we can lift and bless the lives of our fellow man. How can we... How can we become the hands of God, if you will, in in all of the things that need to be done? And I I truly believe, and, and uh, you know, that the, the cause of liberty is a cause of God, and I believe it is God's gift to us, and that if we lose it, we are go- our families, our children, our grandchildren, will have a, a tougher row to hoe than anything anybody has seen up to this point in this land. And and so I think it's it's something that recognizing his gifts, I mean, even the 25th chapter of Leviticus, if you look at that, I mean, that's part of that is inscribed on the Liberty Bell, proclaim liberty throughout the land. And, and what does the 25th chapter of, of Leviticus talk about? It talks about the Sabbath. It talks about the Sabbath of Sabbaths, you know, that there, this Sabbath thing is a much greater central theme to this nation than almost anybody has even considered at any time. I mean, any of the the talking we can do about this today will just merely scratch the surface. It is central to the survival of this nation, preserving the nation. That's kind of a central theme that I try and work on. And uh, it's an individual thing. Uh, you and I uh, may, may fall short ourselves, but others will too, but uh, we're all mortal. But the fact is that we ought to be seeking that, I believe. I believe that this is a central theme, if you will, to the preservation of the nation and the restoration of the things. And, and it has everything to do from the, the weather we're experiencing to the wars we're going into to the to the uh, economic challenges that we'll face us, to the diseases that come across the land, to the, the debauched leadership that we have in the land. We get the kind of leadership we deserve, honestly. And, and sad, that, sad to but me, true. Alone terrifies in the me. old days, the people <laughs> were good. Society was good. The churches were aflame with righteousness in many ways. The black uh, road regiment to kind of make the point, etc. Today we lack that. Today we're big corporations. Uh, big corporations virtually have no soul. The founders even warned about big corporations to a great degree because they become fascist and get in bed with government. I digress, except to say this headline really peddles the narrative that I'm talking about. Microsoft is one of the biggest corporations in the world. And I got this headline from Microsoft. It's Microsoft Store. They're trying to sell me products. But what they're trying to do is sell their products, tying it to gay pride. So Pride 2021 is what the Microsoft Store subject says. Together we can. And then Microsoft celebrates Gay Plus Pride Month. So I'm not going to do the G whatever letters. I'm just going to do G Plus now because it's getting too long, right? Then they add a plus because it'll never end. Um, But Microsoft is literally peddling this gay pride agenda to the point, doctor, where that and a few other corporations doing it, and then the media, and then government, and then churches, and then the whole world's promoting this. And again, it violates God's laws, male and female created them. God ordained the first marriage. 
God wants male and female together to raise families, the fundamental unit of society. Anything else that diverts from that destroys the core fundamental unit of society. It is unavoidable reality, and it's not debatable. And uh, others want to make excuses. They say that that's love to make excuses. I say it's dishonesty. It's not love. Love is I'll be kind to you. I'll respect you. I'll treat you decently, even if you disagree with me. But I will hold the line on the God-given God-ordained reality, and I will not jettison that. I don't make it up. I just subscribe to it, and we need to really hold on to that. But when you have these big corporations in bed with government, this fascist cabal in bed with the media, they're peddling the narrative that leads people away from Christ, and we need to be smart enough to call a halt to that con game, sir. Well, there's so much to be said. I mean, the scriptures themselves often refer to the gates of hell, and I'll leave it at that right now, but the fact of the matter is that everything you talk about, these cabals, uh, this this fear-mongering that has been done for the last 15 months, a total facade, a Fauci facade, as I call it, and, and all of this is done to turn our hearts from God, I believe. We look to uh, Big Pharma as our savior. I mean, we worship the workings of our hands. We We have false gods that we have embraced today. The, the COVID is the altar at which we worship, the, the pride and wealth and everything. We, we pick these gods at the exclusion of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I think that there's someday going to be a comeuppance. And, Ladies uh, and gentlemen, our goal so on this radio program is to turn your heart and mind towards God Almighty. That's why it's not named The Sam Bushman Show. It is named Liberty Roundtable Live because God is the author of our liberty. The roundtable is so that we can bring all kinds of experts to you. It isn't about Sam Bushman. It's about us telling the truth and reminding people to turn to the author of our liberty. That is indeed God Almighty. For Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com. For Sam Bushman, libertyroundtable.com. And our nationally syndicated radio network, lovingliberty.net, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.